Welcome to the Matcast. You're listening to a podcast that strives to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson, and I am so glad you can join us for this episode. And by the way, if you're listening to me on Apple or iTunes, I would certainly appreciate a five-star rating and review. It really helps us out. We are continuing our October series on pastor appreciation. One of the things that I try to impress upon those who really have never been in the ministry is the spiritual warfare that pastors are under and and really how it affects them physically, emotionally, and mentally. Uh, They are really out there on the front lines, in the trenches. And so obviously they get hit with a lot of arrows. Here are some 2020 statistics from the Fuller Institute, from George Barna, Lifeway, Schaefer Institute of Leadership Development, and Pastoral Care Incorporated. According to this uh, survey, 72% of the pastors reported working between 55 to 75 hours per week. 84% of pastors feel they are on call 24 7. 80% believe that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. I want to read that statistic again. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. 27% of pastors report not having anyone to turn for help in a crisis situation. Last one, 84% of pastors desire to have close fellowship with someone that they can trust and confide with. Well, that's sort of the direction we're going in this episode. There is a lot of burnout and frustration out there for pastors. I believe that, you know, there are many ways to prevent that, uh, but I think a, a lot of the pitfalls of pastoring can be lessened greatly just by having healthy personal friendships. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode, creating healthy friendships for pastors. Uh, specifically, I've titled it, Why Can't We Be Friends?, and I want to I want to start by talking about who belongs on the bus. Well, actually, let me start rather with who doesn't belong on the relationship bus. And uh, pastors, you're probably not going to want to hear this. And I know they're within reach, but members of our church, I really don't think belong in this sphere. I'm not saying we can't do anything socially. I'm not saying we can't be friendly, have dinner, that, that kind of thing. And I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but part of the blessing of friendship is having that really healthy place to vent or to receive counsel uh, about things going on with our job. And 
pouring that into someone who belongs to the same congregation ultimately can lead to a bit of a minefield. Um, I referred a couple weeks ago to pastors having their Miranda rights read to them, that anything you say can and probably will be used against you. Um, I think that's true in this situation. I've heard of a lot of pastors who have told me horror stories of friends they had in their church, and they were so close. I mean, they even vacationed together, and eventually it all fell apart. And really, it's not fair either to them or to us. And I think it's on us as pastors to be able to, to know the difference and know what the right boundaries are. The second thing I would say is that we need to slice up the pie. This is some great counsel that I received from uh, Donna Baird, who's a friend of mine. She serves as an executive now for my denomination, the Assemblies of God. I was, uh, I was in a bit of a toxic thing, and uh, as some of us have been in before, and it was almost as if my emotional life was being ruled by this one, uh, this one friendship, and, it's, and I had permitted that. This is all on me, by the way. And I was, uh, without getting into specifics, I was in a real spot and was uh, having to ponder about my next move because it, it felt like I was chasing and, uh, and I felt like I needed to make that extra effort kind of like I always had. The relationship definitely was dysfunctional, um, but I would say almost codependent that I didn't know where I ended and he began. That's kind of how unhealthy I had made it to be. And so I was in chasing mode, as I often was. And finally, she just said, Matt, the relationships of your life, imagine it like a pie. And you need to slice that thing up into a lot more slices. You are giving one person almost the entire emotional pie. And therefore, whatever happens completely controls you. And that is something I've never forgotten, and I've really tried to implement since then, and I've really tried to slice up the pie. So the the goal here, Pastor, isn't to find this one magical person who can fulfill all the needs of friendship. And most of you are married, and and obviously your spouse hopefully serves as the primary role in that, but, you know, others are needed. And I often say that to couples in premarital, that both spouses need to have other friends that they can do things with from time to time. And so don't look for just that one magical person because you won't find it and you'll end up making some really, uh, really tough compromises that can hurt you later. Thirdly, when it comes to who belongs sort of on our relationship bus, I would say that variety is the spice of life. Now, again, this isn't something you have, you can document and, you know, we've got a flow chart going. Um, I think as we're just walking this out with the Lord, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, He will naturally lead us to people that have a real variety to them, but for some reason we just click with. So don't be limited by who you believe you can be friends with. I mean, if people get it, that's kind of all that matters. Let's not get hung up on demographics. Uh, For instance, age being one of those. I mean, I have known people half my age who were great to talk to and hang out with, and they had wisdom beyond the years um, of their life, and they just got it. 
Uh, I have a, a couple of men that I meet with who are over 20 years my age, and I, I stay in touch with them regularly because they have wisdom and something to add to my life, and I, and I really value uh, their friendship. So don't get hung up on age, that it's got to be somebody like you in, in your station of life, because God is so much more unpredictable than that. And pastor, I would say, while it's natural to have colleagues in the ministry as friends, and that's going to happen, and that's fine, uh, I would say also find some folks who are not in the ministry that can kind of handle when we pull back the curtain a little bit. Now, you're going to have to be really intentional here and kind of, you know, spoon feed this, but you'll know. Um, whether they fit on the bus or not, when you just begin to talk about general things. Uh, some folks only want their pastor to be perfect and never have troubles. And so when you, when you begin to talk about even things like, boy, I'm really under a lot of spiritual warfare lately, and the enemy's trying to discourage me, if you see them start to freak out and be like, eh, okay, okay, then you'll obviously you'll know not meant to be. Um, and some will. Some will just freak out, and, and you know it's time to pull out and try again with, with someone else. But it's so important, I think, to get that perspective of people who aren't in the ministry from people who sit in the audience, uh, regardless of what church they attend, even if it's not in your denomination. Um, I think it's just nice to take the pastor hat off from time to time. Uh, we really need that. I would also mention that on par with interests that, yep, it's good to have a fishing buddy or a golf, uh, a golf buddy or, you know, someone you go hunting with, but be open to people who don't even share your interests. Um, you can really learn a lot from each other. Don't uh, fall into cookie cutter thinking that they have to be exactly like you and they have to love football as much as you do or, uh, if, if it's a real thing, the common interest will just be the Lord in both of you, and the other stuff won't necessarily matter as much. Now, again, it's great to have a, somebody you can you know, go to a wings place with and watch a, watch a game. That's fantastic. But I think some of the best friendships I have ever had are with people who are very different than me. Uh, it's amazing how many <laughs> how many close friends I have that are kind of outdoorsy, and I'm I'm like all about the air conditioning. Uh, you know, they they kind of do some of that. Well, you know, when they take the G off the word and it's hunting, fishing. You know what I mean? That level. Uh, and you know, I've never been hunting. I've never I haven't fished since I was a kid. Uh, but the God that we serve is so great and powerful that we don't have to have these cookie cutter things to be friends. Uh, so be open to that. Don't be shut off just because they have very different interests than you. And I think the depth of relationships will vary. And it's okay to have friends that honestly, we just, you know, we, we watch football with, they come over and um, we watch a game on cable or whatever, and, and it really doesn't get much deeper than that. And that's okay. Again, we're slicing up the pie here. And sometimes you don't, you know, you don't want to always have to talk about the deep things of life. You can just watch a movie and laugh or, um, or watch a game. Uh, that's great. But I just pray those aren't the only relationships that we have 
And guys, we really struggle here. So many guys just live in the kiddie pool of relationship. And it's only weather, sports, and politics that we, that we talk about as friends. And again, it's okay to have a few people like that. But if every relationship looks like this, you know that your tank is going to be empty. Because at some point, you've got to get to a deeper place. And if you're with a, a friend who's a, another pastor, a peer, don't always talk shop. I mean, it's okay to be like, hey, what are you preaching on? And, uh, oh, you did this with your service? Oh, that's a great idea. Have the goal to not just talk shop, but to talk life. You need to have people in your life with whom you ask the question, how's your heart doing? And if their answer is always what takes place in church, then that's going to reveal something. Because at some point, we need to talk about us and the Lord. And... And yes, things that happen in church can affect that, but if all of our answers rotate around church, 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 then, then we'll know something's missing. That's why we have to get to that deeper place. We, we have to go for variety. And it's not something that we have to sit down and even plan. I, I think if we're really just walking in the Spirit as pastors, that the Lord will reveal in our travels who belongs on the bus no matter how similar or how different. And then God can use that, that package of, of people, of friendships, to ultimately make you a better person, to make you a better spouse, to make you a better parent, and to make you, yes, a better minister. and I'm hoping for your vote for state senator this November. Corey Prescott is a tool who believes it's necessary to trash my military record, and I don't blame him. If I was a hack lawyer like him, I'd try to divert attention from the fact that he made his fortune in slip and fall cases all over our state, putting hardworking people out of business. While he was chasing ambulances, I was chasing terrorists. Do we really want to trust our future to Corey Prescott with his bougie manicures and Botox treatments? I believe in this country and the people of our state. That's why I always have an American flag waving in the background of my ads. And getting the rights to the Lee Greenwood song was too expensive. As your state senator, I promise to never stop speaking for you. That's why I got a tattoo on my shin that says the same thing. That's how serious I am about this election. Are you? We'll find out this November. I'm Hal Percival, former Marine, and I approve this message. I'm Corey Prescott, and I'm running for state senate. My opponent, Hal Percival, loves to talk about his military service, but let's just say he's selective about his military record. 
Oh, he was in Iraq all right, as a supply clerk behind a desk. He's been as close to a terrorist as I have. He paints himself as a war hero. He thinks his tattoos cover up his lack of experience. He thinks he's fooling our district, but we're not having it. It's time to tell Hal Percival to ship out. You can count on me to be your voice at the state capitol. I'm the everyday man. As I was walking the grounds of my 40-acre estate, I spoke to my gardener, horse groomer, and head butler about the issues that they care about. I'm in touch with you, the real people of our state. I promise to build my policies strictly around every political poll I see. That's the kind of consistency and bedrock principle that I promise to bring to the legislature. I'm Corey Prescott, the positive choice, and I approve this message. So I think before we get back into the mechanics of friendship, I just need to add something only because it's sort of stuck in my heart a little bit. You know, the world and the enemy hate male friendship. I've come to this conclusion, and this has been bugging me for years. Uh, As if friendship is not difficult enough for the male of the species, Uh, The world attacks male friendship and um, complicates it, and we see it constantly in media and in film. Um, Male friendship is often used as a prelude to a gay relationship, and it happens all the time. We don't talk about it very much, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to say the thing. I mean, homophobia is really keeping men from experiencing a David-Jonathan friendship. And, you know, we always lift these guys up as a standard of all friendship, but listen to what the scripture says about them and and how uncomfortable this would make American men in the 21st century. This is the end of 1 Samuel 20. I would invite you to read the entire chapter because it's it's quite moving. And this is when um, Jonathan has indicated that David's going to have to take off because uh, his father, the king, King Saul, was going to try to kill David. And once that is revealed, verse 41 says, As soon as the boy, this is the boy helping Jonathan, was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. At last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left, and Jonathan returned 
to the town. That's the New Living Translation. <laughs> you want to know what the New King James says? It doesn't say they embraced each other. It says that they kissed each other. Now, where does that fit as far as our cultural norms and mores today? We all know what our over-sexualized society does with a scripture like that. And it hacks me off to no end because it only makes male pastors feel that much more trapped. And so we just stay in the kiddie pool with all of our friendships. But pastors, if you want to buck the trend, if you're, if, if you're going to bring more quality people onto your bus, here are just a few things I would throw out because I, I just believe this is something the Lord desires of us. If you're looking for this, number one, pray and listen. And I know, I know that sounds so predictable, but think of how many things we do without praying. I think we assume because we're ministers that we, because, you know, we do spiritual stuff all the time, that we're naturally just walking in it. We need to be more intentional. I would invite you to pray and say, Lord, I need to find good quality friends in my life. I want to listen to your voice. Lead me, Lord. Lead me to who those people might be. Um, pray that you have someone come into your life that you can't do anything for. You talk about refreshing. Having a friend that doesn't need anything from you and vice versa, by the way. Wow, that's a great thing to pray for. And then listen, um, listen to the Holy Spirit's leading as you're walking through life. Let him alert you to who some of these folks might be. And then reach out and then use your discernment, uh, as we talked about before. Uh, reach out to them, grab lunch, grab coffee, and just start to have conversation, see how it goes. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had many good conversations with people. I had very few bad ones. <laughs> um, but not every one of them is meant to end up in a real friendship. Um, they might be more in the outer rim of our life, and that's okay. Um, you can have two really good people who just don't click that much. I mean, that, that happens. So use your discernment. It shouldn't really have to be forced. Um, but be okay with this process because it is one. It is a process. Uh, and then once things start to get going, hopefully, hopefully this becomes sort of a seesaw kind of a thing. By that, I mean both of you are initiating. You know, a seesaw only works if both people are moving. I mean, if only one person is moving, it's going to hurt <laughs> because uh, one person just stays put on the bottom and you're trying to like push your way down and get them back up again. And uh, I've been in relationships like that, and I'm sure you have too. If you find yourself doing all the tugging and pulling in the relationship, you're the one who always has to get it moving and uh, talk about, hey, what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? Uh, it may be an indication that you're more interested than they are, that uh, they're not looking to go to, to really a deeper place. And again, that's okay. We want to know the truth so the truth can set us free. But hopefully it's a seesaw and both of you are initiating and, and, and moving. And let me add two more things before we uh, wrap this up. Be ready for spiritual warfare. Because as I said before, the enemy absolutely hates 
David-Jonathan type relationships. He will do anything and his forces will do anything they can to discourage and to divide and conquer. Uh, be ready. Uh, you're going to have to be unoffendable in these relationships because the enemy will try to invent offenses to try to break these things up. He can't stand it when men are joined together like this. So be ready for attack and spiritual warfare. Keep your communication open with these folks because uh, weird things can get in the middle and, uh, and work hard to keep that relationship strong. And then lastly, there's really this concept that very few relationships last a lifetime. I remember the first time I heard that on a podcast, and I, I got mad. I got really angry when the, uh, when the speaker of the podcast said that. And I'm like, no, that's just, oh, you know. And, um, the more I thought about it, the more right that became. Because you just, some things you just can't hold on to. Because things change in life. Uh, people get married, they have kids, the kids get older, they start getting involved in their kids' sports, uh, their career demands change, they move, uh, the kids move out of the house, it's just things are constantly changing. And very few relationships that we have really last a long time. Now, I, you know, I have one or two of those, and I'm, I'm grateful for those. Um, but that's certainly the exception more than the rule. So be okay with that. It doesn't mean you're a failure as a friend. It's just things change in life sometimes, and interest level can change. And just know that the Lord is faithful to continue to bring people before you that can add spice and excitement. And just know that the Lord is faithful to continue to bring amazing people your way, one way or the other, so that you don't have to feel trapped and alone. Because you don't want to burden your wife with every single thing you have, because that's just too much on her. Um, I speak in that in the male context right there, only because we know women tend to hold things more than men do. Uh, so sometimes men who are pastors have to be really selective in what they share and how they share it. But that's why the friendship part is so crucial. Uh, and the Lord, I think, is faithful to do that. Pastor, I want to pray for you today. Jesus, you have called men and women to be shepherds, to lead churches and congregations. And the old phrase is, it's lonely at the top. And when someone is the spiritual leader, sometimes they feel like they're playing a role on a stage. And inside, things start happening and disappointments occur, or we go through financial struggles, or a loved one gets sick, and suddenly we feel more alone than ever, and we, we, we don't believe there's anyone we can tell that to. We're, we just think, no, now we're just becoming negative burdens to people, and oh man, they don't want to see us coming around because they know what's coming, and so we're just going to hold on to all that. And But Lord, it's like lava in the volcano. It just builds and builds. And so I pray for every pastor in the sound of my voice that they will begin to pray and say, Jesus, I need some friends. And it's okay for us to admit that, Lord. Yes, you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother, but you want us to have relationships here in this realm with people we can see and hear and touch. And so I, I pray that you will help them to listen, 
to discern as they walk through life that, Holy Spirit, you will put the spotlight on certain folks and that you will bring a couple of people into our lives with whom we can share life, with whom we can share our heart, that we can still be good listeners for others, and we can mutually, uh, spiritually bring life to one another. Lord, show us what a David-Jonathan relationship looks like and not care what the world says about it. Maybe it will give us a better picture of what your relationship with us should look like. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the Matcast. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information on our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.